Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast. And this week, it's a very interesting week. I have a wonderful, beautiful, talented guest. Her name is Noella Downs. She is a tarot card reader, an intuitive, uh, a life transformation coach. She's super special and talented and, uh, and magical. And we have a beautiful conversation, but I do have to tell you, the first, we had like a two and a half hour conversation and it was split into two parts when I was recording it. And then when I, I don't know if it's Mercury retrograde or whatever the fuck, but half of the interview got deleted. That's never, ever happened on the Love Alexi podcast, ever. I've done over a hundred episodes. I've been podcasting for years and years and years. I had a different podcast before this one. That's never happened. And from now on, from here on out, I'm going to be backing up every single recording by recording my conversations with people on my iPhone because I can never let this happen again. I was crestfallen. My heart sunk into the pit of my stomach, into the deep abyss uh, I just, whatever, but that's what happened moving forward. Some of the conversation, uh, was salvaged and it's fantastic. And I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Noella, who she is, where she comes from, how I met her, uh, a bit of her story. And then we'll jump into, uh, the part of the conversation where, you know, she tells me, um, because she left Los Angeles for a bit because she took a break from, from doing readings and she just needed to, uh, just take some time for herself. And then she came back to LA, invigorated, ready for more life. Um, you know, and uh, anyway, so that's where we will jump back into her story. Uh, the story of redemption. Because, you know, sometimes you got to take a break. If you're doing readings for people, it's a lot of energy. You got your own personal problems. You're living your life. You're getting married. You're getting divorced. You're feeling moody. You're, you're up and down and you know, it's just, you know, taking on other people's energy is exhausting. I can definitely relate to that. And, uh, you know, but then she came back to Los Angeles and she is thriving as a reader. But let me tell you everything I need to tell you about her because I made sure to get the bullet points of her life so I don't fuck this up. So here's the deal about Noella Downs. All right. She was born and raised in Kenya. She went to an American Christian boarding school for missionary kids at 17. She comes to the U.S. to go to college in Santa Barbara. She got a B.A. in fine arts. uh, And then she moved to L.A. for fashion school. So then while she's doing that, she starts tarot card reading uh, because she had like a really bad experience with like some storefront psychic. And she kind of mastered reading tarot cards and let me tell you, I get, I get a reading from Noella in this episode and she, I wouldn't even call her a tarot card reader. She is a tarot card reader, but she's completely intuitive and talking to her is so effortless. The way she reads for you is like, and how I felt when she was reading for me is just like, oh my God, I believe everything she's saying and it's so natural and so effortless and so graceful everything that comes out of her mouth and you go, oh, wow, that completely resonates with me. You're right. I feel it in my, in, uh, you know, in my core, at my core. Intuitively, you know, she's just uh, speaking the truth. I'm not even kidding. So that, that's kind of like, you know, that it's like the hairs on my arm are sticking up because, uh, 
yeah, it's it was a beautiful thing being read by her. Um, anyway, so she's she's mastering tarot card reading, and uh, then she gets hired at a popular New Age bookshop in Los Angeles with a bunch of other psychics that are working there, and she becomes the go to like the go to psychic tarot card reader for celebrity events. And uh, that's how she met a bunch of her core cli- her core clients. And that's like, she's like the tarot card reader intuitive uh, to the stars. So I'm so lucky. I got to sit on my couch for three hours with her and just like talk to her about everything. And you guys are going to get a, a chunk of that yourselves. You're welcome. Anyway, so she's had like these core clients from the start. Um, and then they started asking her for coaching. And so then she started coaching um, for people, but she decided that... Uh, she wanted to study more on how to become like a life transformation coach. So she started coaching and mentoring with a bunch of successful entertainment coaches. And now she's officially been coaching for about four years. And, uh, and her whole belief is that good readers, they get their clients on the path that they want and they don't make the people they're reading for more dependent on them. Does that make sense? Like she doesn't want people to feel like, oh, I need you. She wants to empower people. So, and she also believes that good readers have regularly returning clients and uh, that they come back so they can face, you know, deal with new issues and, and, you know, achieve another set of goals. So, and then also she talks about how it can be hard to like, you know, create boundaries with clients and uh, that it's just really important for everyone to have like a healthy outlet and an energy clearing system, as well as like, you know, the coach and the and the client. You guys have people have to have boundaries with one another. And uh, anyway, so I'm going to say this because she wants me to say this. Her professional title, you can call her a transformation consultant and coach. But her party label is she's a reader, she's an intuitive, she's an alternative coach. And right now she's in the process of writing her first book. It's called Shuffle Me Softly, a self-help spiritual memoir. You can find everything about Noella Downs and reach out to her yourself to contact her for a reading or for coaching. Go to her website, noelladowns.com. You can even call her. She prefers texting. All right. So I find, tell her uh, you found out about her on the Love Alexi podcast. And you can contact her by texting her at 310-770-9446. You can find her on Instagram at Shuffle Me Softly, Facebook at the Noella Downs Well. Um, I believe that's right. Did I get that right? That's her Facebook page, the Noella Downs Well. All right. Um, and here's the thing. And I became aware of Noella because of a Tinseltown connector uh, who is so incredible. Her name is Holly Wiersma. Holly is a producer. She's produced a myriad of incredible films, and uh, and I've been in a handful of them. And uh, and so it's crazy. I've I've known Holly since I think she like put me in a movie called Factory Girl years ago. Mary Kate Olsen was in that, and uh, who else was in that? Guy Pierce. And then I was in a movie with Ileana Douglas and Rosamund Pike called. Oh God, what was the name of that? Oh boy, I'm blanking. But uh, I want to have Holly Wearsma on the show because she's such a powerhouse and she's this, um, she's just, she's this tiny, beautiful, fit, gorgeous, stylish, fashionable spitfire who has produced so many movies, knows everybody in Hollywood and has such a huge heart and brings people together. 
and she's super fucking real. And I ran into her uh, a few months ago at uh, Two Bunch Palms when I was there on, on a vacation with the man that I am dating. And, uh, and then she reached out to me over Instagram and was like, you have to meet Noella. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got to meet Noella. So Noella the next day was like on my couch, you know, having a chat with me. We we're talking about, we got so raw, so honest, so vulnerable. And then she did, uh, and then Noella did a reading for me. And um, there you go. So I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. I'm excited for you to hear my reading. It's kind of personal. How dare you? But I'm glad you get to hear it. And uh, what else do I want to tell you about? You guys, this week has been insane. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the new moon. And it's been a very emotional week. I mean, I might say that at the the beginning of every single podcast. But perhaps it was the new moon. Wasn't there like a new moon eclipse or something on Saturday, which by the way, is exactly when I decided to go to a three-day workshop. I went on Friday, Saturday, and I was supposed to go Sunday, but I bailed on Sunday because I couldn't handle any more of this emotional workshop. I went to Neil Strauss's and Neil Strauss is the author of a book called The Game. And he's also written, he's written a million books and he also wrote a book, a very personal book to him about his life called The Truth, which is kind of about his evolution, diving into who he is and why he is the way that he is and his his uh, relationship with his mother. And it's about enmeshment and it's about relationships and kind of finding out why you act the way you do in romantic relationships and what's right for you and what's the right path to take and how your childhood wounds affect your relationships, your romantic relationships uh, in the future. And uh, just really analyzing yourself. So Months ago, I had reached out to him and I was like really having a hard time. And I texted him because I have his phone number in my phone. It's very cool and exciting that I can reach out to Neil Strauss whenever I want. So I texted him and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling all these feelings. I'm, you know, uh, regarding a romantic relationship and, and whatever. And he was like, listen, words can't help. You need like an immersive experience. I'm doing this workshop in August, you know, hopefully you'll be able to make it. So months and months go by and I remembered and I followed up with them and I was like, Hey, it's August. Tell me about this workshop. So I go to the workshop. It's called have human, the human antivirus experience. Oh my fucking God. All right. Listen, let me tell you what I experienced. And this is, I'm not, I'm not being negative about this experience. I'm not judge, being judgmental. I'm telling you it was very cathartic and difficult and exciting um, and, at some, and sometimes brutal for me. But it was um, really interesting and I felt a lot of feelings and I cried a ton. There were so many tears. But uh, yeah, um, I get there on Friday. It's at a Marriott in a conference room or whatever, and like a, whatever, um, in a, in a room at the Marriott. And, uh, there are all these people there. They're primarily men. It was like almost like a hundred men and like three women. And I was at one of them. And I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to come at this from a place of curiosity as if I'm a journalist. But at the same time, um, I was doing all these like exercises and, and things at this workshop 
that are so personal and emotional that it's hard to just be like, I'm being, I'm acting like a journalist. I'm just uh, here like a journalist, uh, taking it all in, uh, being analytical because you're like diving into all this work. And like we did like meditations and they're like and heavy breathing exercises and exercises where you had to walk around the room and make eye contact with people and be like, you know, look them right in the eye and be like, you know, here's what I hope to get out of this. And if I feel like a fellow person here is wobbling and how am I going to help? And, and at one point later on, oh my God, let me, let me get to the most cathartic parts. And I don't even know what happened on day three because I didn't show up because I just physically couldn't get out of my house to like drive to Marina Del Rey uh, to attend the workshop because I thought I've done it. I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't, I won't. Anyway, but uh, there is a woman like a, a like a family, like a like a relationship family counselor, love addiction specialist woman who came in and spoke, and that was very interesting. And she was talking about like attachment theory, and certain people are like secure, and other people are like anxious, have anxious attachment, or they're avoidant. Different types of attachment theories, which is like attachment styles, which is what you learn um, when you're little. You, you you develop your attachment style when you're little and, and how you attach and um, what you learn from your primary caregivers. Um, I am, I have anxious attachment and sometimes anxious avoidant. And a bit of what they were talking about, this lady was talking about like love addiction and stuff and what a healthy relationship should look like. Like inter- it should be like, interdependency like two people like fully realized human beings like who have their own life but then they like come together because like they want to and I'm just I'm botching all of this but uh, anyway um but yeah she was talking about like love addiction and uh and it's so interesting because it made me like mourn the death of what I expect in a relationship because I love newness and I love like love bombing and codependent love kind of like where it's like the person says all the things you want to hear and they're like so all about you and it's like so intense right away. And like, and it's like that for like, oh, it's so intense. And I don't think healthy love has to be boring, but it was interesting kind of being like just learning that what I'm attached to and what I think how I think it should be love wise is maybe not healthy and that I have to let go of my expectations of how someone is supposed to act or, or how I should respond if certain people don't act a certain way anyway. Um, but yeah, like there was a moment where I was in a group of people and we all had to like write on pieces of paper what we thought the flaw, the virus of all the other people in the group is, were, was. Okay, does this make sense? I was in a group of like four people and I got a sheet, four sheets, one for myself and one for all the other people in the group. And on it, I had to look at everybody and it was anonymous. I had to look at everybody and go around and each person had their own sheet. I I I had a sheet of paper dedicated to each person in my group and I had to anonymously write what I thought their problem was like what their weakness was aka their aka their virus 
and then had to like rate them on like whether or not I would trust them with like my secrets or if I would go on a road trip with them or whatever. And they had to do the same about me. We all had to like fill out forms about everybody in our group. And then we had to pass the forms to the out to the people like and then you had to read what other people wrote about you anonymously and oh my god did I not like that because I had already been telling everybody that I'm like you know uh, what I am insecure about and they all wrote that on my paper and I'm like yeah I know I already know that I've been telling all of you guys all day what what worries me makes me spiral and what I'm insecure about what I'm having problems with and what I struggle with um but then it was like, like some of the people in my group were like, yeah, I'd go on a road trip with her. I, I, I'll give her an eight out of 10 as far as like, would I trust her? Is she loyal? Is she cool? They don't even know me. These are just like assumptions, but that's fine. We all do that. We all make knee jerk, you know, you have to size people up in a, in a minute because that's how, <gasps> oh my God, I'm getting a phone call. Oh my God. Hold on. I'm recording my podcast intro, but I'm going to have to bleep out your name or just leave it in. Hold on. Hold, hold on. I've got headphones on. I'm talking like I'm on my podcast. I'm talking to a microphone. All right, guys. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. What a fun interruption. How exciting. That's the first time you guys have ever heard a bit of my boyfriend speaking. You didn't get to hear his cute British accent. Anyway. Um, all right. So I'm at Neil Strauss workshop. We're all rating each other. And I'm like, all of a sudden I burst into tears because I'm like, this is what you guys think of me. Fuck you. And I'm like, even though some of the ratings for me were good, but I was like, what I was doing was like, I was trying to like look at everybody and be like, whose handwriting is whose? Who had the blue pen? Who was, who had, who the black pens? Anyway. And I was like, burst into tears. And this one man put his hand on my shoulder and I was like, don't touch me. He's like, do you want me to get you a tissue? I was like, I don't want you to do anything for me. Um, Because I just felt so like exposed and abandoned and like judged. And and, like, meanwhile, I wrote things about people like, oh, this person is weak and this person has control issues. And this person is like very insecure, whatever. But to me, I'm like, I've got a huge full heart. How dare they shit upon me? Anyway, um, let's take it to the most vulnerable part. Okay, there are two more vulnerable aspects of this workshop that I went to, this three-day intensive, of which I only went to two days. There was the moment where I had to identify my virus. My virus was, was let's be real, self-worth, okay? In the moment, I'd identify it, so it was like self-worth issues. That's what I wrote in the moment. But really, what I struggle with it only happens when I'm in relationships because I'm really good at being alone. I love being alone, but I would like to be able to navigate a relationship in a happy, healthy way. But uh, I wrote that my virus is when I'm in a relationship, my self-worth and happiness comes from, is dependent upon the attention I receive or do not receive from my boyfriend. So, you know, and I obsess and like, you know, I just obsess. I made a short film about it two years ago and I didn't realize, I've said this before, I'll say it again. So I wrote this down, like that's my virus, that my mood, my self-worth, my happiness, it all becomes dependent on the attention I'm getting from whoever is my boyfriend at the time. 
And that's shitty. That's fucking shitty. So let me tell you about the part where we, where we, where we run into the ocean and do like a baptism. This was probably the most brutal aspect of this workshop for me. We had to get into like a bathing suit. Everybody at the workshop, I'm over a hundred people. And it's like a really beautiful, cathartic, sweet thing happening. But I am like, I'm a pretty brave person. I put myself out there like, every, you know, there are hundreds of podcasts of me just yakking about my feelings. For whatever reason, that's fine for me to do. But we were at a public beach in Marina Del Rey, a hundred people at this seminar. Everybody's working on their insecurities, their childhood trauma, their self-worth. They want to be better. They want to transform. And that's beautiful. And it's beautiful that so many men are at the thing. I couldn't believe how many men were at this thing talking about their feelings, trying to evolve and be better and healthy and happier. How wonderful. Um, But the exercise was... This was, this was like one of the final exercises on day two to get you over the hump. You were to run into the ocean, run into the ocean. As you run into the ocean, you, you say your virus out loud. You go, you know, so, uh, and then uh, I'll tell you in a second. You, and then when you, and then you jump into the water, you dunk yourself fully into the water. You jump in, you, all of you. All your body and your face, you dunk underwater. And then when you're running out of the ocean, you say your new programming. So it's like you're getting rid of the bad programming. You're getting rid of the virus. And I'm not making fun of this at all. I'm just telling you like what happened at the thing. And it's just like that the seminar workshop thing because it was just so intense. Um, I kept moving to the back of the line and I was like the last person to jump to the ocean. And there are all these like, there are all these like, normal people, not normal people. I don't want to say that, but there are all these people who had nothing to do with the workshop that were fully just hanging out at the beach and like teenagers who were like the worst because they're like the most, the most judgmental, but they're all like hanging out. People are like longboarding or whatever. They're like, they're like paddle boarding or whatever the fuck. And then like, I'm like, I run into the ocean and I'm like, my self-worth is dependent on the on the mood, attention, and whatever. My self-worth and happiness is dependent on the attention I get from my boyfriend. And then I dunked into the water and then I like ran out of the water being like, my self-worth and happiness comes from me. And and then everybody like applauds and I was like, what is this? It was like beautiful. It was like a baptism. I like high-fived like the, the instructors of the workshop and Neil Strauss and Neil Strauss's child, this beautiful child he has with this beautiful wife. And like, I was like, okay, I did it. I fully committed to this workshop. What more is there? And then afterwards I, I called my boyfriend and like still managed to get into like an hour and a half long conversation about feelings and whatever um, that I shouldn't have, I should not have made that phone call. I should have just like, I'm just done talking about feelings. I mean, I'm not, but in my relationship, I just don't. I'm so exhausted by examining my feelings within my relationship and like, I'm just got to take a step back, I think, see how I feel, you know, in my own skin and in my body and in my mind and just, and then see what, what the next steps are for my life. But um, anyway, so I go back into like, you know, I, I get off the phone with my boyfriend, I go back into the seminar and I'm like, not really feeling bad, but I'm just like, you know what? I did it. I did the baptism. I went into the ocean. 
I just had another talk about feelings on the phone. What more is there? I can't wallow in any more of like my past, my trauma, um, my relationship with my father, being a wounded child, you know, acting out from my wounded child's needs. Like I was just like, I can't talk about this shit anymore. I get it. I get it. And I dove into the ocean. Okay. I get it. But then I thought, fuck, I'm not a quitter. What else is happening today? So I go back into the seminar. Um, I did kind of mentally check out with my group. I was supposed to meet up with my group and we were supposed to talk over at lunch, but I was on the phone with my boyfriend and I was just like, I'm I'm doing what I need to do right now. I just jumped into the ocean. Anyway, so then we go back, lunch is over, go back into the room and I stick around for a few more hours. And then the exercise is to walk around the room and stop in front of a person, make eye contact with them and pretend you see the face of someone you need to ask forgiveness from or you need to forgive. So, you know, like, and these are strangers, right? You know, and a lot of people have flown in from all over the world and, and, um, and we're just doing this very intense personal thing. And I you know, essentially like I'm forgiving my father. I'm like, daddy, like I forgive you for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like sobbing because I'm like, I tune into my feelings immediately. And then like, you've got to go to a new partner, like a new person, a new stranger, make intense eye contact and be like, I forgive you for, you know, it could be another person, but I just made all the people I forgave my father because that's where like all the, all the main shit happened. That's, that's, that's my main primary caregiver who irritated me and did some things that were stupid. I uh, didn't make it. Anyway, whatever. Um, and then you have to like ask forgiveness from someone and like superimpose their face on the stranger's face and like be like, hey, can you forgive me for this? And then you have to walk up to a person, make eye contact and assume that that, that person is you. And you have to forgive yourself. And I'm like, Alexi, I'm sorry I tried to kill you. Because when I was like 15, I tried to commit suicide. So I'm like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you. And then in the meantime, like you're like talking to another person and they're like, wait, what? But like nobody was judgmental, but it was like very cathartic. And like, I'm like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you. I'm sorry I've had sex with so many people. Or I'm I'm sorry I let so many people you know, have sex with you that didn't care about you or that you shouldn't have had sex with or whatever. Like, I'm sorry you make it so hard for people to, I'm sorry I make it so hard for people to love you and you're, I'm so vigilant or whatever. Like, I don't know what, but anyway, so I like forgave myself or something, um, for all these things, drinking, smoking, sexing, trying to commit suicide when I was 15 and just, you know, and then you have to hug somebody. You have to like hug a person and be like, and then I'm just like sobbing, hugging the stranger and um, who I think is watching my Insta stories all the time. It's funny because you're like so vulnerable and you're wearing like a name tag with your full name. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm back in my regular life. And I've been in this room with like over a hundred people and they've all heard like these very personal things. Um, and at one point, like I, I asked Neil, I was like on the microphone and I was like, excuse me, I have a question. How do you like, cause I'm trying to like 
be healthy within a relationship because I have like an active relationship happening now. So I'm trying to go from like, you know, I just want to be healthy. I do want to just like be responsible for my own happiness. It doesn't mean I want to be in a boring relationship with somebody I'm not connected to and I'm learning and, and you know, getting to know this person I'm dating um, and he's lovely, but like, you know, I'm still learning and for a fit and I'm sure, you know, whatever, and we're getting to know each other and that's great. But like, I just want to clean up my side of the street and make sure like, you know, that way if this relationship lasts and I hope it does, uh, or if it doesn't, cause it's not meant to, that's fine, but that'll be sad. But I don't want to bring all my chaotic personal bullshit into another relationship. So anyway, um, I don't even know what my point was here. But yeah, I, I asked a question. I was like, how do you evolve within a relationship when you've been like acting out or lashing out or insecure or, you know, moody or or just emotional or whatever, having like mood swings and, you know, and... uh so I did that in front of a room full of people and it's just funny when you know you're wearing like a name tag with your full name and that's all people need to like find you on the internet now and like we put our lives out on like podcasts and or at least I do or you know on Instagram and all this stuff and so it's like you go from like a cathartic weekend event of trying to better yourself and talking about all your trauma and emotional shit to like cut to like me on Insta stories being like outfit of the day. Um, hey guys, it's me. What's going on? I'm going to podcast later. See you later. Um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so I'm proud of myself that I did this workshop. I was a bit disappointed in myself that I didn't go on day three, but I couldn't. And they checked in on me and they're like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm okay. I just have to be home and see a movie. And so what I did was I stayed home. Um, I meditated, I chanted because my friend taught me how to Buddhist chant um, I went and saw Mission Impossible at the Grove. Fucking loved it. It was incredible. So happy. Went to Sephora, bought a bunch of shit I really don't need, but enjoy. Lots of different Bumble and Bumble hair thickening sprays and beachy wave sprays. It was a blast. Had a blast. And uh, got a new iPhone case. Let a little girl pick out what case I should get. Charming moment. Very cute, cozy experience I had. Um, yeah, I had a great, great day. And I've been watching movies and uh, living my life. And I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks. And the reason, see, I've talked about Free and Native and Lacey Phillips and having had Lacey Phillips on my podcast and doing all of her workshops online and hypnotherapy. Because really, I'm trying to tell you guys, I'm doing as much work as possible. I'm doing, I'm like basically putting myself under a microscope to do all this emotional like retooling and, and like work on myself so I can like, tell you what works for me and what I think might work for you if you schedule a big sister session with me, which are these things I offer where I serve as the big sister you never knew you needed or wanted and we can Skype or meet in person and uh, and uh, talk about everything you're going through. So I can be like, yeah, don't worry. I went through that too. Here's what I did. Let me, let me give you some shortcuts because essentially that's what Neil Strauss does at his, uh, his seminars he went through all this cathartic shit on his own to figure himself out. And then he's like bringing it to other people to help them. And so I feel like I'm like this guinea pig and I'm working on myself. And who better to talk to uh, young women in their teens and 20s or 30s or 40s or wherever, however old you are, wherever you are, uh, whatever you're into, um, than me. Because all I want to do is talk about feelings. And 
I'd actually prefer to talk about your feelings and my feelings because I've had enough of my feelings. Haven't you? Anyway, um, but I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks, which is um, sometimes at odds with what Lacey Phillips of freenative.com teaches because, but I like, I like both. And if you don't know who Abraham Hicks is, Abraham Hicks is kind of like the inventor of the secret. And um, basically what Abraham Hicks talks about is like, you change your, if you change your feeling, you change your mood, you change your emotional uh, vibration and you change your thoughts and you, you make the choice to go from like a, a bad thought, a negative thought to a good thought. It just changes everything in your life and how everything kind of flows around you. So I kind of like listening to Abraham Hicks videos on YouTube because she deals with every topic, like trying to, you know, control a situation or, you know, letting your happiness be dependent on someone else's mood or attention or whatever. And, uh, it just kind of teaches you to like that you're responsible for your own happiness and your self-worth comes from you and you have the power to change your mood and you can just as easily pick a happy thought and a way of looking at the world and kind of reframing the world and falling in love with life again uh, as you can a negative one. And it's so much sweeter to choose a positive one because really you can always go the negative way. You can always assume the worst from someone, be in fear, or you could be like, oh, wow, I'm going to think about everything I want in life and oh my God, look at all the things around me that are great. And what are all the things I'm excited about? And I'm just going to feel and get into the feeling of what it would be like to have all these things that I hope to have. Anyway, I like that because it's a quick way of, of uh, diverting your attention, putting your attention on the positive, and just getting in a better mood in an instant. And I like Lacey Phillips' work because she does hypnotherapy and she makes you go into your past and look at why you are the way you are and kind of like reprogramming um, and forming new neural pathways and uh, to address like the way you've been pre-programmed as a kid. And it's, it was similar to Neil Strauss's work. It's all connected. But anyway, but for me, Abraham Hicks is a, is a much quicker way to just uh, in an instant feel better and just shift my mood without doing all this heavy lifting work on the past because I, got, I did too much of that. I was like, I can't wallow in the past anymore. The past is a past. I get what happened. I get why I have a tendency to react to things that I react to in my life. But um, enough. I want to be happy. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. My self-worth comes from me. My happiness comes from me. It shouldn't be at the mercy of anybody else's mood, tone of voice, action, attention. Fuck that. I'm done with that. Is that going to happen overnight? No, but that's what I'm moving towards. Like I'm really trying to practice that and, uh, and also not let, uh, just not uh, get so reactive so quickly and, not, and realize that sometimes like what if I have a physical sensation in a situation that I'm, I'm like not pleased with or if I, if I have all these expectations of how someone else should be, whoever it is in my life. Um, that's usually because it's like this little kid version of me being like, no, I want it to be like this. And I've got to be like, what? No, it doesn't matter. They have no power over me. Like nobody can abandon me. I'm a, I'm a grown up. Nobody can like, like I'm a fucking grown up. 
like, sure, things can be uncomfortable and not as pleasurable as you want them to be or not be like whatever, but it's like, do I need to be hysterical? No. Does life go on? Can I just go to the Grove and go see a movie and like try to put my attention on something else? Yeah. It's, is it that easy? No, but it will become easier and easier. So that's what I've been going through lately. It's like a whole life journey, mind uh, lesson. I'm like on this journey towards, uh, I don't know, I don't want to see reprogramming myself, but just like learning better habits and it's difficult, but I'm getting there and it really has nothing to do with who I'm dating or blah, 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 or anyone else. This is all just like me learning how to master myself, which is exciting. Um, I did get an email. Fuck, this is like a Joe Rogan podcast opening where he like talked for like an hour or something. Um, all right, I'm going to read this email. It says, Dear Lexi, I would be psyched for you to read this on the air. But just omit my name and address, please. All right, done and done. Um it reads, I only started listening to the podcast fairly recently, but I am immediately infatuated. I think you're an amazing human being and it is so easy to see the difference you're making in people's lives, even if it's one person at a time. Your advice can really change the course of a whole relationship, get someone out of an abusive situation, or give someone hope where they had none. It does matter. It means a lot that you take the time to do this. As a fellow highly empath, <clears throat> ooh, ooh, ah, ah, okay, <laughs> I'm having a nervous breakdown on the podcast. Okay, as a as a fellow highly empathetic, romantic, sexual, relationship oriented individual who has some wild years, uh, and now is looking for something serious, I empathize so strongly with all of your stories. I think that the way you share so openly and honestly make yourself so vulnerable is as beautiful as you are on the outside. I am so glad you had on Hamilton Morris, one of my personal heroes, because that's how I found you. And you've already filled hours of my time with laughs and ever so endearing moments. Anyway, I could flatter you for hours, but I'll go ahead and get to the subject at hand. So I've had plenty of long-term relationships starting at a pretty young age. I'm 25 now. And even with hindsight, I'd say I was in love for all of them. As I mentioned before, I'm very much a romantic. I've gone to great lengths to be with the people who I really felt a truly intense connection with, even if that meant dealing with distance or other obstacles, rather than settling for a lesser connection that would be more convenient. And they've each been so special and unique and felt very real. I am very happy that I am this way. But fast forward to today. One person in my life has been my best friend for years. She makes me laugh more than anyone in the world. She makes me feel such affection and emotional attachment. And to top it off, I find her more attractive than anyone else I've ever met. Despite having had what I felt like real love more than once before, she makes me feel things that I've never experienced. And I've had sex on MDMA. No, but really, it is unreal how intense it is for someone like me. She is so intelligent. So it's so stimulating and fascinating to talk with her. It is incredibly rare for me to come across anyone on her level. And if they are, it's usually at the expense of all the other wonderful traits she possesses. She's so funny. She knows just how to get to me. She's a little bit of a hard ass on the outside. She's been through a lot. But that only makes it all the sweeter that she lets me in and shows me her gentle side. I know no one is perfect, but she is as close to it as I can imagine someone being, at least to me but I find myself in a brutal double bind. You see, she is married. She is married. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want advice on how to break up with our marriage. I have no fantasies of that and wish them the best. More than anything, I want her to be happy, and I trust that she'll do whatever is right for her. But I love spending time with her, talking with her, laughing with her. We tend to talk literally almost all day, every day, and every time I hear from her, my heart skips a little. We really are best friends in a way that I've never experienced among all of my platonic friendships. And it's not that I'm jealous of her husband. I mean, maybe slightly. I'm only human, but that's not the problem. The problem is that at times it is so painful not to be with her, to repress my feelings for her. Trying to keep this as if I only feel friendly towards her is a real struggle. And at times I just have to tell her I need to make some distance and to take some time apart from her because it gets overwhelming and I can't deal. I want to be as close as I can to her, not to waste what precious time we have on this planet together. But the closer I get, the closer I get. The more we talk, the harder it gets to enjoy that time because I feel more and more in love with her. I know she has had a similar problem with me. She has had to make space because she was developing feelings for me too. But I don't think it's as painful for her to maintain that space and just be friends, probably partly because she has a husband who she loves. I know the obvious advice is just get over her but I've been trying to do that for most of our relationship. So do you have any other advice? Do you think we can stay close friends? Do you think it'll tear me apart? I think it could be more painful to lose this friendship than it is to stay. But is it even possible to maintain this without me ruining the quality of our friendship by having to distance myself when it gets really good and vice versa? I just can't tell you how intense it is compared to how I felt for anyone else. And I wish so badly I lived in a universe where she was available, but she's not. So what do you think would be the ideal outcome? For the last few months, my approach has been to just start dating again, try to meet someone else who can make me feel anything close to what she does so that I'm not pining after her every time she cracks a joke or says something sweet. But no one has compared so far. Thank you so much for your time. You really do feel like a kindred spirit and you're undoubtedly one of the coolest people alive. I would love to ask you some questions about yourself sometime. Like you, I love getting into people's heads and learning about new people and you seem intriguing. So maybe I'll message you on Instagram or something. But thank you for your advice and keep up the show. There's none other quite like it. Sorry this message came out long. Signed, Anonymous. Well, Anonymous, I have to say thank you for your honest, raw, um, vulnerable email you sent me. And I really don't have the answer. I don't know what the rules are. Who fucking knows? You want to spend time with this woman? It seems painful. Seems difficult. You know? And then what if you guys make out or have sex or something and, you know, she cheats on her husband. It just seems very sloppy and messy. But, you know, feelings of connection are so fucking rare, you know? That's one of the most important things to me is to feel connected to someone and feel like you can talk to someone about anything and everything and laugh with them and feel like somebody really truly sees you. Like that's that's what I want. You know, you want that and you want great sex and you want to be attracted to someone and and just to feel like you can be your complete self with them and they don't judge you and vice versa and people see who you are at your core and you can just laugh and talk and it's safe to do that. And it sounds like you have that and you're so lucky. And that's a beautiful thing. But mm, it's not perfect. And there are obstacles. 
and it could end up hurting you more than it makes you feel good. So I don't know what there is to look forward to and I don't know what the end goal is and I don't know what she wants to do and I don't know how much you can take, but really I don't even have advice for you because you have to feel this out for yourself and you guys have to communicate a little more, you and this person, this woman. Um, Because I don't know what her relationship is with her husband and how does he feel about this and how are you ever going to let anybody into your life to truly love and be seen by if you have this woman there kind of blocking it and she can never really fulfill you? And that sucks. It's hard enough when two people are single trying to connect and, and you know, and I get that you feel really wonderfully when you're with her, but she's unavailable, really. This is like self-sabotage. This is like, you know, I've been in a long, I was in a long distance relationship and I always knew I never wanted to move where he lived. And I always kind of knew that he didn't want to move to Los Angeles. And we dated for like over two years. And at one point I just like, my friend kind of shook me out of the haze I was in. And she was like, you need to figure out like, where's the compromise? What's the end goal? What do you need? Can he give that to you? What does he need? Can you give that to him? And and we had an honest conversation. We broke up because he didn't want to move to LA and I didn't want to move to where he lived. And there's a lot of resentment building up and it wasn't good. And it was just getting sour because we both knew it wasn't going to amount to what we both want for our lives. And that was hard to reconcile and be honest about because that means you have to give up the good parts too. So it's almost like you're in a long distance relationship except you're in the same town as this person but there's like an obstacle and it's and it's you know it's just going to hurt more and more and more and build resentment and keep you from a person who's fully available to you. So those are my thoughts. So I hope maybe that helps. Um but that aside, you know, I've talked a lot. I've read this email. I told you I saw Mission Impossible. I told you my goal is being responsible for my own happiness, my own self-worth. I hope that helps other people out there listening, men and women, going through whatever it is you're going through. If you're love addicts, if you're just passionate people, if you just are wired a certain way, and if you give your power away to people too easily, yeah, I'm done doing that. Yeah, right. Just kidding. Um, Anyway, maybe you're going to be done doing that too. Remember, maybe we're going to be works in progress. And uh, as we search for the the people who are right for us and a good fit um, so we can have healthy relationships with people who make us happy and vice versa. So good luck to all of us. Um, I would like to say thank you for listening to this incredibly long intro. Um, if you like this podcast, the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, tell everyone you know about it. Email me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com and tell me who you want me to have on the show. Um, And if you want to have a big sister session with me, if you feel like that would be fun and beneficial for you to talk about everything you're spiraling over and all the turmoil or all the things you're going through that you think I can help you with or you just want me to listen to and and, uh, give you my opinion on and let me be your big sister, I would love that. Click on the link in the bio section 
of my Instagram page at Alexi Wasser. You can schedule an appointment. Um, and uh, if you're not in Los Angeles, we can do it over Skype. I love Skype sessions. Those are really fun. Big sister sessions via Skype are incredible. I've met so many beautiful, wonderful, cool, kind, special women um, who live all over the world. And you know what? We should always just be friends on Instagram as well. So if we're not friends on Instagram already, find me again. I said it before. I'll say it again. At Alexi Wasser. And... Um, if you want to support the show, Love Alexi is a listener-supported show. It's an independent podcast. You can always support the show by, uh, you know, you can Venmo me at Alexi Wasser. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com forward slash Alexi. However you decide to donate to the show so we can keep going, get equipment, um, and just uh, keep this independent podcast going so I can talk about feelings and overshare and let you know what I'm going through. So maybe it'll make you feel less alone or better about your own life or better about your own life. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy my conversation, albeit cut too short, but I hope you enjoy my conversation and my reading from my new friend, life transformation coach, tarot card reader, intuitive psychic, Noella Downs. All right. Okay. So you're talking about people not having boundaries, people yes. not having b- boundaries, you being depleted. So you come back. So I come back and I... Um, you start afresh with... I, I wasn't going to come back. I didn't know that I was coming back. Yeah. I was coming to stay in LA. And I uh, stayed with a friend. She said, come, you know, come, I was depressed. And she said, come up and stay with me for a couple of weeks. And but not we'll, Holly. we'll get you to see how, just feel, just feel how it is to be in LA again. Yeah. And I, I almost didn't come. I was, I, I felt very sorry for myself. And I was like, oh, what's the point? I'm just going to get there and then we'll have to come back here. And yeah. I don't want to do that to myself. And I, who, who, no, who's going to read with me anyways? Like no one will read with me. They all hate me. And she's like, just get over here. Put out your name. Say that you're here. Yeah. And I did. And I, so I stayed with her for two weeks. I extended it because I was going to be there for like four days, I think. But it ended up being two weeks because she went away and she said, you know, house at my place. And um, I went to my meeting still because I needed something consistent. And, and I, I, tr- I really used it to evaluate, can I do this again? Because I got nervous. Like I got nervous that... What were the meetings? AA meetings? I, I, I was going to the AA meetings still because I had been doing them down in Hammett. And yeah. I just wasn't used to it. And I promised my cousin I'd do it just so I'd have consistency. Yeah. And I didn't have, I didn't call my, all my friends. I just called my clients and I said, I'm here. And I called a couple of people, including Ofer, said I was here for a little bit. And um, I was very self-conscious. I, it was very hard for me to maintain like a, a reading. I, was, I only did them on the phone unless it was somebody I had known very well. Yeah. And um, I would get tired very fast. And I would also feel, I don't know, there's like trepidation. Like I felt like something was going to happen, like I was going to be punished or something. Because I've been going to church, I have to remember, like every, every oh, Sunday. Oh, so wow. like I'm, I've been being told like it's not good. You're not supposed to do this. It's like, a, you know, God doesn't like you doing this and all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm thinking, and it never sat with me. I was always like going, but why? Can you explain it? They say, well, the Bible says, and I'd go, but why? Yeah. And that was, that was back then. And, like, and so I just didn't understand. And I didn't understand why I didn't feel guilty. Uh, so I thought, um, I, don't, I was confused. Like why would I have this ability if I... 
If it was I'm not wrong. supposed to, if it was wrong, like if it's a sin. And I just, that's when it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just went, you know what? I don't believe this. I'm I doing it. That if that's what it's all about, then I don't believe it. Because I know what I'm doing for the people I'm with. I know how I feel about it. I know what I, I'm capable of. And I know how, what the rewards are. And I just can't see that it's wrong. Yeah. And so I, I, and I, and the response I got was also like that. Like nobody was, I mean, there's a couple of people that, that never came back and told me why. But, but most people uh, were really glad that I was back and yeah. really were just wanting to know I was okay and they wanted to get their readings yeah. immediately. So I got, did a lot of um, business that week and for two weeks and I thought, and all, everyone said, just please come back. Oh. And I just, I didn't know what I was going to stay. I mean, I got offers from clients and then finally one of my friends said, uh, why don't you coach me during this time because I was trying to launch that. And they said, why, why don't you live with me? Coach me. It was so fair. Oh. And, and if you do that, then that way you can sort of like get you back on the road. And oh my God. I thought that was a great, first of all, the trust that it takes for somebody to do that when you're in that shape. Because wow. I could tell I was different. I mean, I wasn't 100%. You know, I was, everything was, like, I wouldn't talk a lot at all, if you can imagine that. Oh, my God. I wouldn't listen to him a lot of times. And, just, and then I would say it's like a, a sentence at the end of it. Because I didn't have a lot to, I wasn't used to talking a lot anymore. And I didn't feel, I didn't know what my value was at the time. I didn't know anything about me. I just wanted to, re, I wanted to rethink everything I did. And I didn't know if any of my decisions had been right, if they came from a different place because of the medication. I just didn't know. So yeah. I was just, everything was like a curiosity. Curiosity and I was just handling it that way. Wow. But, uh, but the, the response I got made me know, okay, I'm going to do readings again. I, I missed it. I realized I missed it. After the first few, I mean, the first couple of days, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Why did I stop? I don't remember. What Did I hate it ever? And why did I do that? And I was just like, I was just losing it. I was just losing it. Because it's like, it is what I do. Like it's natural. I've tried to quit so many times. And you can't. You know, trying to do other things. And, and, and I, when I say try to quit, I don't mean quitting it. Meaning I've been trying to pursue other things because I like to do other things. But I always end up doing this no matter what. I mean, to the point where people that I would never think would ask for a reading would ask me. Wow. People that just would you'd think that they're scientists or they're whatever, they don't believe in this stuff. And then they would do it with me and I would think, oh God, they're just judging it. They're going to decide why I wasn't any good. And then they'll become my regular client, oh you know? Oh my God, yeah. So I started to see the value in it because I started to like be more around certain people that were also doing something like it. And it became like more of a value instead of this thing I kind of did that I hid. Wow. Or that I tried to not, or kind of apologized for in a way, yeah. you know. So I stopped doing that, and I just thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to just embrace it or not, yeah. because otherwise, there's no point. Because I can't do both; it's not working. Yeah. And I decided, okay, I reconciled myself with the fact that it's what I do, and so I should actually just accept me. It's like I'm not accepting me if I'm saying I don't have the side of me, oh or that God. I'm embarrassed about it. I don't want to have to explain myself. If you ask me a question, I'll explain it. But if but if I feel like you're trying to drill me and you're trying to tell me why it's not true, I'll say I understand your your thoughts. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to try to justify it to you. So I stopped having to feel like I had to explain why I'm legit or wow. why I'm not like everybody else or why, why do you have that feeling about that? You know, why are you so doubtful? Because I know why they're doubtful. I know I used to be like that. And I know that I even sometimes go, this is, is this really happening? But I love that I have it because I remember always thinking it was such a cool thing that people could do it. And I know that it's... Um, I know that I have to do the work on myself now that I didn't do before. And I know that I have to like, definitely pace myself, definitely be accountable to myself. I have to, be, I have to, I have to draw the line. I have to be the one that holds that line. Yeah. You know, so when people are, are coming over the boundaries, I, of course they're doing that. That's what they would do. I mean, they're anxious or they're needy or whatever at that time. And I, I've always allowed that. So of course they're going to do that. So I have to now set the boundaries and I have to keep to them. Wow. So I just I wouldn't do that because I feel bad. You know? Now I go, no, you can feel bad, but you're going to really feel bad. Like you're going to physically feel bad. So is that what you want kind of thing? Wow. And so I've learned that. I'm still working on that. That's a hard one. But it's like I now love the job. I love the, I've, I've always loved the work. I now love what it means 
where before I didn't know if I did. I didn't know if, if I, what I felt about that. Yeah. But now I see that it genuinely does has, has helped people and I've seen that how people have grown from it and how I've grown. So I don't judge it that way anymore. I, I look for more the value that I'm putting out there, not so much judging it. Like, was that good enough? Did that, was that accurate? I just go like, did I, was I present for them? Did I tell them the best I could what, what was happening? Do I feel like I was asserting myself or was I asserting what was the reading was saying? Like, I evaluate myself and, and make sure that I was behaving the way I'd like to, to think I am and relating to the people the way that, that they need it, you know? So yeah. that's where I'm at with it. Oh my God, what a beautiful story of like, even though you went through this, you suffered this like breakdown. Yeah, you like built yourself back up, reacclimated to like. Came, yeah. you came back home to yourself, and also, you got validation just through the love and like how much people respect you. That was that was amazing to me, honestly. Like yeah. if it hadn't happened like that, I don't think I could have done it. Yeah, but it was it was such a difference from what my mind told me was going to happen. They mirrored oh, you. Oh my god! It's, but it's like you could see yourself in their eyes, and you go, "Oh wow, maybe I'm worth something." Yeah, and and, and it's so beautiful. And now now you're going to be a million times stronger because you're creating boundaries. And, and I'm you actually believe, seeing it for what it is. For who you are, yeah, really? For, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah. it's all meant to have been this way, you know? Yeah, if I, if I, and people would say this to me so much, like, you have no idea. My clients would be like, well, I don't understand why you don't want me to introduce you or whatever. And sometimes I'd let them because I just wouldn't, I'd just go, Noelle, this is good for business. But not because I was thinking, oh, this is so cool. And you're proud. Would, I, yeah, now I'm like, thank you. Like, oh my God, thank you for acknowledging me. And people will say the funniest things, like they won't introduce me by anything. They'll go, Noelle just, she does something. She just does something. You just talk to her. Yeah. And then they'll go, they said, they so-and-so said to meet you because they said that you do these things. They say, they say that you do this mysterious thing. Yeah. And I just think it's hilarious because it's very Hollywood. Yeah. And it's like, no, well, they meant, I'm, you know, I do readings and stuff. And, and people, for the most part, are really cool about it. Even if they're skeptical, they'll say something direct, but they'll say something like, you know, so come on. I mean, come on. Give me, give me the lowdown for real. Yeah. And I think it's funny. I don't take offense. I never have taken offense to it. I just used to feel like I, I, was, I was agreeing with them. So I felt weird. Now I'm not, I'm not agreeing with you and I don't want you to like me or not like me. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to inform you of whatever you ask me. So to me, I, I now don't try to, I'll just, I'll just say I get that when people say are, are sarcastic or something. I'll go, I get that. Or if they say, can you read me right now? Or what's, what's my brain saying? I'll say something like, well, I mean, that's just obvious. I'm not even going to say it because I, I don't have to be a mind reader to know that. Yeah. You know, or I'll just say that's dumb. I, I'm dumb. I'm not doing circus tricks today or something. Circus tricks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I just don't feel like it, but I don't get mad. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hurt me. Oh, that's so which great. Which has been great. So I've, I feel like I've really learned how to adapt to the fact that this is what I'm doing and not and not just adapt but actually like, like dive into it and enjoy it and get deeper now instead of being like all surfacey because I used to try to stay really practical and yeah. non-psycho babble so that psychic babble so that people wouldn't think I was being like that, that typical like psychic yeah. now I'm just being me like if I'm feeling like I have to go a little deep spiritually I'm sorry but I'm going to have to come from that place because that's where I'm coming from yeah. and, and I'll say like I know you don't believe in this stuff but this is what's happening and you can p- apply that however that you want to like apply it but yeah. this is what is happening like you know as per- spiritually speaking yeah. so that you understand the energy that's, that's around you right now and you can look at it as you know the vibe in the room you don't have to think of it as energy you know however you want to describe it but this is what you need to do and it will help you if you do this and people will go okay they'll They'll frame it differently back to me, and I'll say yes. Because it doesn't matter if what, what I'm saying. It matters that they're understanding it. Yeah. And um, I, my spiritual beliefs are mine. That, that I don't expect anyone to have the same ones. Yeah. But I, I definitely feel like I should respect everybody's. You know? And if they don't have one at all, I, I respect that too. Well, you said you're going to bring out your cards yes, now? Yes, 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 and yes. And so you primarily read from cards. That's the best for you? You know, um, I, I either read from cards or nothing. Because you're so intuitive? I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, because I don't... I, I can read palms, I can read um, the I Ching, and I can read um, runes. 
and I can read carry shells, but I don't because they don't speak to me the same way that cards do. I feel like with cards, I just get it. Like I just see it, you know? And I also think it makes the person that's with me interact a little bit more. So I feel like it makes it a participation of a game more more so than it is like the serious thing. And if it is a serious thing, I usually will do the cards at first and then I stop and just go from myself because I I think the cards for me are help me to, to connect to you. Yeah. Not not literally, but physically, I, I feel like we're doing something together. Yeah. And I think it makes people feel more comfortable too, like they're collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. And then you like Palm Second maybe? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say Palm Second. I yeah. think Palms are fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I took a photo of my boyfriend's Palm and my Palm next to each other and they're so different. It was so interesting. But, interesting. Uh, Did you, can, can you read them to some degree? Can you tell a little no, bit? No, I have no clue. <laughs> I, and then I asked people on Instagram to tell me what, what it meant and they're... They, was, they, they, yeah, but now one will tell you something different. Because Palms is, is a different thing. Yeah. And it's much more... I think it's a little bit more... Uh, it's more like just how you see it. Like there's, there's some basic rules, of course, like anything like else. But some people will see like, to me, like they'll, what they see in a line is a different interpretation than what I see in a line. Yeah. And so for me, I, I like it if you're like, trying to get like things like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Or will I have a baby? Or like things like that. Yeah. But not like for like today's problem. Yeah. You know, like if you're asking me if, is that, if you're going to get that job and if that guy's going to get fired and I yeah. can't answer from your paw. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, do you do couple readings? Like if I came with my boyfriend and we wanted to have Yes, a, I absolutely do that. That's one of my favorite things to do. I want to do that. I'm, I'm going to do the follow up with that. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Because Properly. Actually, that's, that's something I, lo- I love to do because I feel like it's a conversation. It's fun. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, That'd be beautiful. And, and, yeah, actually, the guys are usually much more fun about it than you would think. Oh, wow. Even guys that are more conservative. Yeah. Because they sort of, it's sort of like they're doing something naughty. Yeah. So they kind of get into it. They're like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to get into it. You yeah. Know? And they really end up saying things that are very like like very telling yeah so yeah you should you and your boyfriend should come for I'm sure gonna, I'm gonna, I'd be happy to give you a complimentary like couples one well if that's okay. well, I'll, I'll text you after <laughs> you with, your about that. with your boundaries with your boundaries as long as you, <laughs> if you mean that if you mean that I'll take you up on it but you okay. tell me what you're comfortable with okay but everybody for you, those okay. of you you can't see it, it's auditory but Sorry. Noella is putting her beautiful cards out and uh, I don't know what's going to happen but I'm excited okay hold on I just want to make sure that they're all no, okay, here we go. So what I'm going to do is I'm shuffling the cards. I'm one-handedly today. Oh, if you need to put the thing Can down. Can I put it down? Yeah, of course. No, no, no. I'll just pick it up when you need to talk. But she's shuffling. Oh, my goodness. Um, is there any... What, what do you... Okay, what do you want to ask about... Um, what, what do you want to ask about? I want to ask about uh, my love life okay. and then my career. Okay. What's going to happen for both or whatever? <laughs> Tell me when you need the mic. I'm gonna spread the card. I'm gonna spread the cards out, and I would like you to pick ten face down in a pile. Don't think too much, and just pick. Impossible. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. Right. Okay. So go for it. Um, uh, don't turn them over. Just put them in the pile together. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And I'm counting, so you don't have to count. So don't worry about that part either. And if you can, try not to think of anything specific. I need you to pick like two and two more, and then I'm gonna have you pick one more after that. It's one more just for luck. There we go. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna put down my mic again. Nailed it, <laughs> <laughs> Holly. If you're listening, and I know you are, I nailed it. <laughs> I'll just be your mic holder. I gotta get better mics. Okay, 
Okay, I asked you to pick an extra one because sometimes, like, if I if I if I'm not sure you picked two at a time, I will ask you to pick another one in case that you just pick like let's say nine or eight or something. I don't like it when I have, when you've done the whole thing and then you pick nine or eight because something about breaking that continuity makes me feel like oh, should we do it again? Yeah. But I don't mind if you pick over because okay. the, the extended cards will to me tell me some more information about the whole thing. Okay. Okay. So right now we have eleven cards, but that's my fault because I asked you to pick an extra one and I had, I kind of knew that it would be an extra one. I just wanted to make sure that I can tie in whatever the outcome is. So basically, you asked about just to give you some information, I guess, about your career and uh, love, which is what everyone asks. So it's nothing unusual. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I can see from the spread is that you are going to have um, this is a, like a, a time of opportunity for you, and that would be from now until like. About March next year, that's a window of time when things are particularly open for you. And that doesn't mean just things that come to you, but if there's anything that you've had on your mind that you've just been really trying to decide if you want to go forward with or you want to break out and try something new that you um, maybe were afraid of doing before, this would be the good timing for it because people would be receptive and because you would be engaged. Like you'd find that you're more available to like whatever you need to learn and that you'd be in the right place at the right time and things like that. So this is a very um, good time for you to like to, like to build. Okay, that's to do with like to do with like work. Okay, now the same thing applies to love in a different way. Meaning, if you're with somebody already, which you are, oh, yeah, then this is this is a time when it could really blossom into something. Okay, and and it's kind of it does it says that it's the same time to build things, but it says it in a way that's more like this is the time when you should build things if you want them to work. Meaning, this is if you wanted something to happen, this is the time to work on yourself in such a way that it would help you to get the thing you want rather than asserting will or rather than uh, creating like a, uh, what's it called? Uh, like instead of making like boundaries that are like, what is it called when you say yes or no? When you, when you either do this or we're not going to be together. Oh, ultimatums. Yes. Like this, this is not a good time for ultimatums. No. But it's a good time for you to go, I wonder why that happened that way. Let me find out if there's a problem with the way that I presented myself. Or let me see what was under, beneath his, like, his reason of doing that, that thing that he did that other day. Yeah. So it's a good time for you to like, go more developmental with it rather than putting, putting down the rules with it. Okay? Yeah. Um, and because it has meaning that it has potential. So if I'm giving you that advice, it means there's, there's legs on it, right? You should really, really put some energy towards it. And that, it, that, that energy would help you not just for the relationship, but for you. Mm. So it's saying basically like with love, this is worth it. Um, the situation is very, um, it's a very aligned to you. Like you guys are very, as much as the science may not be you know, the perfect science together, you are very good together. And that's because you address each other's sides that do not have certain things. So like the part that's, that's very like more impulsive and more like emotional is you. The side of him that's cons- that, that, that you need that, that you don't have that is more conservative and more constructive, he has that. And so as a pair, you work well together. Yeah. Sometimes you may not feel it here, but the way you're fu- functioning is very good. And it also means that you have the potential to actually really help each other in those areas because you would open your eyes up to each other in that way yeah. so that in life you could be more well-rounded, okay, both of you. So I feel like it's, for, the, the, for those reasons, it's worth working on it. It feels like the, the, that you're going to get, it just shows me, it doesn't show me specific, but it says that you're going to get a wish concerning something that you need very much to do with the relationship. So you've been wondering about something that, uh, that has not been expressed to you or asked of you and and um, it's, it's bothering you a lot and that happens quicker than you think and at a time that you would not expect it but it also happens when you're just relaxing 
Okay, so it's, and I'm not telling you to do those things. I'm just saying that's what will happen um, because I feel like you're not going to end anything. You're not going to give an ultimatum right now, but you may get in your head and just like, feel sad about it and stuff. Try not to because um, try to stay curious. If every time you get sad, just think, well, let me just see what happens. Let, let me not decide this is what's happening. Um, it's it's going to be a hard pattern to break, but if you start to go to curiosity instead of like, let me be positive, if you just go to curiosity, that's a neutral point. And it feels like that's going to happen. Um, I would say if you had to give it um, timing, I'll give you a, 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 an occasion that will happen right, right around the same time. You'll get an opportunity with work that was unlooked for that um, helps you build on something to do with this. There's other things that you do, but there's something about this because it feels like it's something that builds you as an individual, but it's not coming from you. You don't have to put money in. Um, it's, a, it's, a way, it's a platform of some sort that builds you up, but it's also being that you're paid for. And it's, it's uh, very much the same role, but it's outside of your home, and it's, it's not you. You're not producing it. So I feel like you're going to become more visible, and I feel like it happens in such a, an organic way that it like, surprises you every time you think back on it later. It'll feel like in a way that you got something that you tried to get before on your own, but that you couldn't, you couldn't put together. It will feel like that hap- is happening now, but it's not... You would never guess it. How to, you could, there's no way you could do it yourself. Okay, so something very fortunate is going to happen with you with work. The only thing that makes you reluctant when it happens is that it feels like you cannot do both. Okay, so for and then, and and you don't know how long this thing is going to last. So in a way, you're saying like, wait, so you want me to pack up to do this thing that may not fly, and that's kind of what's going to be asked of you. Okay, and it's not that you cannot do it. You just will not be able to. Like you won't be able to to balance both. Now. There's something about what you do now that would be conflicting, so they would ask you to not do that aspect of it. So to, to me, there's a compromise involved, but it doesn't. It's, everyone will tell you it's not a compromise. Like it's a it's a gift, but it might feel like it because you're being told. Okay, so that's coming up, and I feel like that would be at the very beginning of. Um, I don't want to say timing like that, but I will just because I know people need a little bit of something in terms of time. It looks like it's in September, October, but I feel like it's more towards October, and I'm seeing the end of it. Okay, so I. Just know that when you when you're, something happens in your relationship that makes you feel really happy, so like crossing another another like you know hoop, um, you will get also an opportunity with work that makes you very very happy, and so you will feel like your life is going like on the new trajectory, or that the trajectory has like now gone into the next level. So suddenly the things that you've been pushing for, it just happens, and it's. Um, it's interesting that they happen at the same time, number one, which tells me that you're in a, in, a, in a time space thing that's allowing for you to go forward, okay? But number two, it's important that you act on it now. Like you don't, you don't dally with any of your decisions that you're making at the time and that you don't get in your head about what you may not get if you do the thing. Like, so don't talk yourself into like sort of being the devil's advocate for yourself at all. Just go with stuff. When, when these things happen, just go. And, and don't tell yourself you don't know something or you don't know if you're going to be good at that thing. Just decide you will, okay? Because you will. And, it's, and it, feels, cause it feels like you're having to rise to the occasion, which means it's a step above what you're doing now. And there's something about it that it's not, you're not familiar with. Okay? Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you hesitate, because it's not a familiar subject. And so you think, well, why do they want me? And, and then why, I mean, do I even know that I like the subject so much? It's not that you don't. It's just something you, you didn't think about. Yeah. And you don't know. And it, I mean, I never investigated, but it's a very popular topic. And it's a very interesting arena. So to me, I think you'll be interested in, at least in, in a curiosity way, 
but you're not sure that it, you'll just be, it's like the thing you're going to do for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. But when you do begin it, you actually start to really, really identify with it. So that's coming in. Okay. okay. There's also a project that you're working on other than this that's completely separate, that it just shows me that um, you're going to, you're going to feel discouraged with it or something, like, or you may be already feeling discouraged, like maybe it's not the right thing or the right people or something. Um, it shows that to stay with it, but it takes a, it takes a little bit of time to evolve, okay? But to stay with it, because the, the reason that it's not happening is not the idea, it is the timing. It's just not supposed to happen right now. So you'll keep on running into a little bit of an obstacle whenever you try that. The, um, your living circumstances are going to change in, within the year. And the reason that they change is because of a relationship. And it doesn't tell me what happens. It's not, it, it just says it's for the it's a growing thing. But it doesn't show me if you move out of town. It doesn't show me if you're moving in together. It just says because of a relationship. So something's going to change for him. And that, or some, something's going to change. And it's going to force you to have to make a choice about where your life is going. It's not a bad choice. It's just a choice. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, feel, it will feel like this year, when you look back, that you did a lot of things different. Um, that you didn't necessarily think would mean you having to do something that different because your life is different in a year and your day-to-day is different in a year. So, but I, I love the way it, it shows up in the, in the outcome in that you get what you want. Like the things that really address your heart will happen. How they unfold is different than their heart thinks it's all going to unfold. Better, I think, but you just would never have framed it that way. Um, it does show me that there's sometimes that you have been really overthinking like, have I made the right decisions? Am I doing the right thing? Like, that's been a thing for you lately. And I'm not sure what's triggered that, but you, you really are wondering if there's some things that you could have done differently. And there's a little bit of regret there. And it, first of all, it says, do not regret what you've, the choices you've made. You made some very good choices, and they put you where you are. It took you a little time to unravel certain things that you, about yourself and, and to really like, go with them. But now that you have to like, stay with that, do not change. Okay, Do not change. That will, that will defeat the whole thing. And then on top of it, it just says, um, trust a little bit more. Not, not, we're not talking about your boyfriend here. We're talking about just you and how you look at the universe and what's happening in your life. You really have to dig in and just go, I'm just going to trust, even if it might not be the most like, wise thing in terms of like, intellect, or people would just say that that's being a little bit like burying my head in the sand. You're not. You actually don't do that enough. Okay, you, you really don't do that enough. So to me, like, you don't bury your head in the sand at all. So if yeah. you ever think you're doing that, that's not what's happening. Yeah. Okay? You're, you're not realistic exactly, but you're very, like, you're very hard on things. So you doubt things a lot, and you think that that's helping you, and it's not. It's not. It's actually hurting you. So it's, it's not that you have to trust everything, but you have to give everything room to, to be what it is. You can't decide that it's probably this or probably that to protect yourself. If you can try to do that, just that, that, that little shift, this is very subtle, it will go from like being um, you know, accountable and being smart and, and, and allowing to from, from, being, from being very doubtful and, and not suspicious, but like erring on the side of caution. Like you do that a lot when it comes to like opportunity because you think, I don't want to get my hopes up. Get your hopes up. Okay. okay? Yeah. Like your reading is, I, I would go into it more, but it's, 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 there's a lot of stuff here um, that is, it, it would be a little bit, it would take more time. Okay. But basically, it's what it's saying is that you're going through like a life change right now. Like you're, you're becoming something else like right now. Not, not different, but more. And the more that you um, get depressed and stuff, just understand that that's the more that you're resisting it. Oh. You're resisting that what it means to do those things because it will mean so maybe I won't have certain friends or maybe I won't get to do a certain thing. And you're not sure that you want to give those things up, but you're not giving anything up. You're not giving anything up. You're actually allowing some things to happen that you've wanted for a long time. They cannot happen simultaneously. 
Okay, it's not a sacrifice because you'll see that. You'll see that, oh no, it's a choice and I can still do that thing. I don't know that I'd want to now. So that's the sacrifice if you want to call it that. But because it's uh, suddenly you see where you're really meant to be and what you're really meant to be doing. So you're going to feel like much more of a fit to what's happening in your life than you've been feeling. Um, and, that, and just understand it's just a feeling. Because on the outside, definitely you're fitting. And in terms of what's happening around you, you must be fitting because things are working. But it's just, there's just something in you that keeps thinking that there's, there's more, that, that you're missing something or that you've lacked something or that you're too late for something. Absolutely not. You're right on time. So it just shows me that uh, uh, to actually embrace everything that's happening and go, I'm glad that that happened that way because now I'm in the right place. I'm now in the right time. And maybe you wouldn't have been before. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all meant to happen this way. Okay. I like the relationship. I'm not going to tell you what the very outcome, outcome of it is, but I know that it's very positive in that, um, A, you guys really like each other, you really respect each other, and you really want it, both of you really want it to work. So just know that, okay? Don't feel like you're being given signs of something and that you're, like, you're ignoring them. If anything, you are actually being assigned, giving a sign of like, where you're at with it so that you can understand these are the things I actually have an issue with that I need to correct because they, make, they mean something about how I feel about myself. And I think that for you, 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 you're not giving yourself the credit you deserve. You're just not. He sees you so differently than you think he does. Oh, really? Yeah, he sees you. Number one, he thinks you're beautiful, okay? He, like, he can't believe. A lot of times when he looks at you, he's like, she's really with me? Like, I'm not exaggerating. He, like, he'll tell you this at some point. He, I promise you. He'll tell you. Like, he used to wonder, like, when, he, when he'd look at you, what you were doing with him. Because he knows Hollywood. He knows who's available. He's thinking, why are you so into me and what I think? Like, a lot of times he just thinks, why do you care what I think? You know, so there's that. Number two, um, he, he really thinks that you're, like, the, what do you call, like, the things that you think that he doesn't like about you? They're quirks to him, but they're things that he thinks are you. So they're very lovable. Um, and he, you wouldn't be you without those things. So like, just understand he's not criticizing you, okay? And understand that he does embrace all of you. He's not picking and choosing what he likes. He likes all of you. Just sometimes, sometimes he's not in the right space. That's all it is. And for him... With the way that you regard him, try to not look at his inability to connect to you the way that you would like as an inadequacy. Try not to look at it as like a sign of like, like maybe you're not meant to be together. Try to look at it as something that maybe you're supposed to work on. Like work on how is it supposed to be? Like why is it my definition of how it's supposed to be the way it's supposed to be? And is there a way we can maybe make it be satisfying to both of us in that way? He needs to loosen up a little bit for sure. So you're right on that level and he will. He's, you're helping him do that. Um, he just needs to know that it's okay to express himself more because he is a little rigid that way. He's just, he's not scared. He just is brought up that way. So it's just a behavior. So it's, I think it's very doable to get him to do that. With, with you, with him like not get necessarily like, liking to dig in that much, I think you have to actually tone it down a little bit around him. Okay, just not, not because, not in, in life, but around him because he cannot appreciate it. He just can't. So it's just a matter of like knowing he doesn't get it, but he'll answer you. He's not mad. He just doesn't get it. So that's just, if you can see that, then it doesn't hurt. It's like, oh, he doesn't understand why I need to know. But there'll be times when he's actually grateful for your curiosity, trust me, because it will get you in a lot of doors. And it also, like, he, he, does, he does notice that other people like it a lot. Like, people, like, warm up to you because you're not just asking, you're willing to give. So he understands where he's limited. He understands where it's his problem, too. So it's important that you understand that he's not judging you, that, that you're both, you're evenly sort of reevaluating each other and seeing is this working and, and where it's not for you and why that may be something you either need to work on or talk about. He's not keen on talking about everything, but he will talk when it's necessary. Like he's never going like, to tell you, like, I just don't want to talk. He will always talk to you if he sees that it's actually really bothering you or if he feels he needs to. But he likes to, he likes to keep it succinct to some degree um, because otherwise he starts to feel like he's being berated. That's the only reason he doesn't like to talk about it at length. 
But it does, to me, I feel like you should hang in there, just so you know. I think he's a really good match for you, and I think that you guys are very good to each other, uh, for each other, sorry. Um, you will grow a lot with each, with, if you stay with each other. So I just feel like it's a very nourishing relationship, if nothing else, okay? I don't know if he's the one, only because I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying I don't know if he's the one. I don't know, because I think neither of you really knows at all. It, you both think that you could be. And then you get scared to think further than that. And so I can't, I can't tell. If you knew more, I would at least be able to say, OK, yeah, there's a match, but it's going to take a while or something. I think you both are really scared about some aspect of it. OK, so just I think I'd work on the fear aspect, because that's what's in the way. It's not you. It's not your personality. It's not anything like that. It's the fear that you're having, whatever that is exactly, if you can identify that, and then decide why that's not true, if you can figure out a way to know that that's not true, because it's not. Okay, you're identifying something else that happened that wasn't even true in that situation to, to blanket over this situation and become this definition. That's it. Does he have fear? Pardon me? You said my fear, but does he, he have fear he's, too? He, yeah, he's, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. His fear is, um, his fear is it's a weird, it's a, it's a, it will sound so weird to you because it sounds shallow, but it's not. His fear is picking the wrong person. Like, he really does believe in like, love ever after, and he does believe in like, having a soulmate or like, somebody that you're meant to be with. Um, he does believe in if you're going to be with somebody that you're th with them. That's it. That you don't, you don't divorce. You don't go do other things. You don't say, if it doesn't work out, I'll do this. So he's not willing to make a mistake. And he knows that if he's going to do it, it's in the, for the long haul. He's going to have to accept them, even if he decides he doesn't love them. And so he doesn't want to decide he doesn't love them. He wants to know that there's everything about them supported his decision. So if he seems rigid or like not, or, or like removed or maybe objective sometimes or like, or like that something he'll say may sound like may sound judgy to you because you'll hear that evaluation aspect of it. It's just him considering. It's like him putting it in context. Like, okay, so if we did this, how are my family going to be with it? And how, how, how are they interacting? Let's, let's hear the conversation. Like, he listens. He, he watches. He's not just going to throw you in a situation and then just ignore you and walk away and, and have fun. He actually evaluates. And he's not checking on you. He's seeing the interaction. He's not looking to see if you did the right thing. Okay, so it, it might feel like that to you. Like, I hope I said the right thing. It's not about that. It's always about like, how are they interacting. Even if you were like, really getting on each other's nerves, are you being kind to each other? That's what he's looking for. Yeah. Okay, so if you, he's just being really sensible about it. Okay, if you look at it that way, which is very different than you. You're very like, I'm just I'm passionate. I'm, I'm not going to be sensible. I want to just feel it and know it. He's very sensible, but it's not, it's not disconnected. It's because that's, that's, part, that's part of his connection, is knowing that he's making a solid choice. So he has, but he has a little bit of fear about it now because he's... But he's, I guess, it's not a fear. It's, um, it's, it's where he gets weak of it because he can, if he falls in love, I do think he has the danger of not really considering those things. Like, that's the thing that he's scared of doing is like just liking you so much that he doesn't look at the truth of it and see that like, can we get along if we're in this kind of situation or that kind of situation? Will we see things in the same way? So his thing is, uh, he doesn't want to be so in love with you that he dismisses that and thinks it's not important when it is. Yeah. So it's his fear. It's, it's a fear. That's, that's the biggest fear he has, if you can call it that. So I just have to... Yeah, they're both very deeply rooted. They, just, they don't affect you the same way. Like, he's not going to think, well, do I love her enough? To him, that's like an obvious thing. Otherwise, he wouldn't be with you. But if my behavior keeps acting Not your is. behavior, your ability to be in his, his circumstances and to be working with it. Instead of him feeling like he's fighting you too. All the time. Yeah. yeah he, he doesn't, doesn't want, want to feel like that tug of war all the time. Like who, who's winning, who's right. Um, why, why are you not doing it the way I want you to? He, like he doesn't want to be that person. He doesn't want you to be that person. He wants you guys to either get along or not and to acknowledge it. Yeah. And he's seeing, he's seeing where there's, like abras there's some abrasiveness with each other. But he's also seeing like where it's just, it takes work. It's going to take some work. It's not, um, it's not intentional. Like, there's, a, there's a couple of times when I can tell that he thought that you're just being difficult. 
And he, it, was, it was really hard for him to put that together with you because he just doesn't see you that way. But there's a couple of times you were. You're just being a girl. And he could see that. And it was just like so shocking to him because you're just not like that. Yeah. But um, he's seeing like he has to give you that. Like you're a human being. Sometimes you're just like that. Yeah. You know, so that's been a, a little bit of an awakening for him. But it, was, it helped him because it made him go, okay, I, I'm, being too, I'm being too particular about things that don't matter. Like that doesn't, it's not a sign of something. It's just she was being a girl. That's okay. Yeah. You know, I think you're both really trying to do the right thing is the problem. Yeah. The right thing for yourselves. Right? Make sure you take care of yourselves. But, you're, but that, that, is, that is sometimes to the detriment of the relationship because you're not saying, like, let's make this relationship do the really great. You're saying, I want to feel better about the relationship. And so that separates you immediately because you're saying, I need, it to, I need to see these things in this relationship or it's not working. Yeah. Instead of going, what can I do to make this relationship be more functional? Yeah. And that would be like, okay, let me listen to a little bit of what he's saying and let me also make, stick to what, the things that I can't, I can't, I can't put, pull back on. There's some things that you shouldn't pull back on because they're just you. Yeah. But there's areas you know that that's just a, a, a preference thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys don't, honestly, I'm talking about it a lot only because you're thinking about it a lot. But yeah. It's not important. Um, the, the differences are not important enough for you to worry about. Okay. They're there and they should be addressed, but they're not worrisome. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I, know you, I know you don't feel that, but they really aren't. Yeah. I just got scared because I, I know what my fears are. What's then, your biggest fear? Well, in, in, like in, just, in general. I'm just worried that he's pulling back and that he's, his fear of me and apprehension of me will, will make it stop. Okay. Um, he's not pulling back, but he's, 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 he's responding to you. He's, he's not pulling back. So you're, you're pulling back. I am. Yes. He's, so responding he's just me. responding to you. And if I can... Relax. Yes, he will too. He will relax. He follows your lead when it comes to that. He does. He and does. I promise. Like okay. he literally does. He just. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen that. Like if you're feeling cool, all of a sudden he's very cool. He says that. He goes, "If you relax, I'll relax. He's, if it's, you're it's happy, it's I'm happy. It's energetic. He can't help it. He gets around you. The minute that he sees that there's a mood, he's there. He's oh. right there. He cannot help it. Oh wow. So if you see that happening and you can see it physically happening, you go, "Okay, I need to breathe. Like yeah. it's me. Okay. Okay. It's never him holding back or like trying to not tell you something he really feels inside. Yeah. He doesn't feel anything like that inside. Well, I like this reading. Then it's good. No, it's, it's very good. There's nothing. The cards are interesting. I, I get certain. De- well, this is a deck that Holly gave me. Oh really? Yes. Funny enough, I asked her to get me something from Louisiana when she was last there. Oh yeah. And she got me this, and I love it. I I, I promise exclusively use it. Um, it's. It's good because no one can tell what it is. And so I like it because people don't try to tell me what they think is happening. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times you'll see like, oh, there's the death card. What does that mean? And that's oh, all you'll think about God. the whole reading. Yeah. You know, people do that. They'll go, but then why is that there? Like, are you just saying that to me because you don't want me to feel bad? Oh. And the whole time it's like not even relevant, you know? Yeah. This is a good one because the, the outcome cards all came out good. So some of the things that I can see in between show me like a time like waning waiting periods where things don't really happen or things that when, when things have to be addressed a certain way, things like that. But the, the, the entire reading itself is forward moving. Oh, wow. So it's all like you're getting, making progress and it also means that whatever things that are not working right now, you'll break through them. Okay. So nothing is telling me like a challenge that, well, you got to really understand this about yourself. Oh. None of that is happening at all. You have very good cards when it comes to who you are and where you're coming from, what, what, your, what your root is and where you, how you're trying to speak to the world is, is very very real, like you're very real and you're very, you're very positive. You're trying to, to, to be a, a light energy in this world. You're trying to be something bright, things people look forward to and helping people to understand themselves. You're not trying to make things complicated. You're not trying to get some argument going. You're not trying to get people to just work, to, to sort of react to you. You're, you. You love that when they do, but you're, but you're doing it in your authenticity. So if you have a subject that you know is controversial, yeah, you'll bring it out, but yeah. you don't do it for that reason. You do it because you want people to talk. Yeah. And so you're going to see that people like you more and more for that. Like that's the quality that they're going to necessarily... 
um, attached to is like the fact that you're willing to go there yeah. and it's not out of the need to cause a reaction. Yeah. Okay. Like you're very free with like talking about anything and you're very accepting of everything. You don't really like to judge. You want to know why, yeah. what happened, but you don't want to create like stir up things. Yeah. You're not trying to do that at all. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice. Your relationship is like that too, by the way. That's why you get hurt, I think. Why? Because you're not trying to stir things up. Yeah. You're actually trying to understand. Because he's not giving you a lot sometimes, and you just need to understand. Yeah. But I think that when he doesn't do it, then you push more. And that's when there's that friction thing. And he, and he does a thing of withholding on purpose sometimes too. He does? Yeah, he does. Sometimes he just is not going to say anything. He just, and, and you can feel it. I know you can. Like, you don't know why it's, it's feeling weird, but he's, he's being nice. But he's, like, he's not willing. You can tell because every remark he says is like lighter. Like it won't, it won't go there. And it feels, like he's, like, it feels like a rejection in a weird way. But it's not. It's like, it's like him putting up his armor. It's like, I don't, I'm not in the space to, to talk about that stuff right now or yet or whatever. And he doesn't know how to say that. Yeah. He doesn't know how to say that. That's interesting. He doesn't know how to say that, by the way. Just if you can keep that in mind. A lot of times when he doesn't want to answer you, it's not because he has a secret that's like, sort of like a bad secret. It's literally he doesn't know. He doesn't have the tools to do that. He was not built that way, and he was definitely not raised that way. So it feels like either like he's bleeding all over the place if he tells you too much, or it just feels so exposed, or it feels like it's not relevant. Like he doesn't, he doesn't hook the things up together because he's never thought that way. So he's not withholding on you. He's, he doesn't know that it's, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. If you can think that of ignorance as being the issue, then it won't bother you as much because it's like he doesn't know. Yeah. What is he supposed to do? Right? As opposed to like, he's just being mean or he just doesn't want to tell me or he's just being secretive. He's very rarely being secretive. Yeah. Okay, very rarely. He, he doesn't tell you everything, but it's not out of secrecy. Rarely? What's he holding back? <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> like, he's a secret at all? Oh, God. No, he's not secretive. He, does, he, likes, he, likes, he left, likes a slow buildup. He doesn't want to know everything about you right away. Oh, wow. Yeah. He wants to discover. Yeah. He, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want you to tell him. He wants to discover and he thinks you should want to discover too. That's why you guys, that is why you guys clash that way when it comes to the relationship. Because to him, part of the, er, the sexual or sensual part of it is getting to find out things as you go along and sort of like, oh, I didn't see you that way or whatever, being surprised. Yeah. Talking about it to him makes it become clinical. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. He sees it as clinical. It's not, not invasive, it's clinical. Yeah. And then it's not fun anymore to him. Oh, that's true. I see that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just had that thought. So just understand that it's, it's just a personality thing. It's, mm-hmm. not, a, it's not a you thing. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's not a judgment thing. It's just a personality difference. Not even a judgment, a difference. It's just a difference and it doesn't mean we can't love each other. No, it has nothing to do with it. It's just you don't get each other on that level. Yeah. I think that to me it's like some people just aren't good you know, in bed together. But they're great when you see them hanging out. You think they had probably the best sex life. Yeah. But they're just not compatible that way. It sucks, but that's, they make a choice about that at some point. You guys have a, a problem that's much less of a problem. It's an issue. And I feel like it's, not, um, it's a matter of adapting more than it is a matter of relearning something or like saying that that's not allowed. Yeah. It's just having to under, come, come around to it, get exposed to it. Yeah. It needs to be exposed to you a little bit more to, yeah. to understand why it happens. And it can get and, better. Pardon me? It can get better. It will get better. Yeah. It's not going to stay like this. This is not it. If yeah. this is what you're thinking, like, well, I guess I have to like, sort of like acclimate to this and sort of tone down. Don't go small with what you are at all in any aspect. If, okay. it's, if there's a behavior that he doesn't like and you see like, you know what? He's right about the timing. I, should, I don't have to ask right now. Then you just, you censor yourself that way, but not in terms of like what you would ask or that you need to know. Yeah. Don't, don't. Okay. Don't. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. He doesn't even want you to do that. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. Well, where can people find you and what do we need to know? Every um, detail about you. So, I mean. Well, I'm a, you can find me at, at the same thing as my name, which is noelladowns.com. It's my website. Um, I'm on Instagram as Shuffle Me Softly. Shuffle Me Softly? Yes. And um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm, I'm Noella Downs Well. 
And um, I, I, don't, I didn't know if I said anything about it, but I also do physical training because I'm a transformation coach. So I do all of that stuff. Like really? to do with you holistically. Oh, my God. So that's part of the thing I do. But it's not the thing I always advertise because, um, because I really like to pick and choose the people that I train because yeah. I feel like it's such a personal thing. Yeah. And because it's something I love so much that I, I don't want to do it with somebody that's just doing it because their husband made them do it. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, they bought me this for my birthday, you know? So, so I like to do it with people that are really trying to transform their bodies and are really into it because yeah. it's so much fun for me and it drives me. Yeah. But other than that, I, I do know about wellness and I do like try to address that. I've just because of my, my different uh, you know, emotional stuff and stuff, I've had to like really like, do a lot of research and I've dealt with a lot of people that have gone through it. I've been a little treatments and stuff like that so I've gotten to know it very well and so because of that my investigation has led me to knowing a lot of things and practicing a lot of things yeah so I love to be all of it but the readings are primarily who I am yeah. you know that's where I feel like it's my strength even in the coaching when I try to take that out I said you don't have to have the co- that the readings in it they'll be like what oh, why would I not do that that's yeah. the part I'm in it for seriously yeah I thought it was the part that was making people nervous sometimes but they just say that people go I'm just coming to you too much but it's coy they love it <laughs> yeah it is coy it's like it's the greatest thing in the entire world <laughs> totally I love I love it I I, I would love to have me as a coach, honestly, not not as a bragging way, but I would love to have a coach yeah. that was doing it for the reasons I'm doing it. Meaning that I, if I'm going to coach you, I really want you to thrive. I don't want to just be there and, and take a paycheck from you. In fact, I'd feel bad. I really want to see the difference myself, and I want to see that it's benefiting you. I don't even want people that want to be coached that, by me that don't want to really change. Yeah, I actually won't take you yeah. because it's frustrating and it makes me feel like I'm ripping you off, and it makes me see that you're doing a disservice to yourself. So it's, it's, to me, that's a bad energy. So I won't do that. So. I, I, I love what I do, and I, I would say to anyone that's doing anything like it, whether it's like healing, hands-on you know, healing, or whether it's like you know, hypnotherapy or whatever, that this is the hardest thing to break through is understanding how people may perceive you compared to what you perceive yourself as. Number one, you either might think of yourself too low, you know, not, not deserving of the prices that you're charging, or you may think of things as, uh, you may feel like it's like it's people are judging you because they don't, they don't think it's real, it's an authentic relate, uh, uh, kind of pro- profession you're in. Kind of like the way they used to think of chiropractors when they first started. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like people wouldn't authenticate them, but it's becoming more and more normal for people to have a reader, you know, or to go to somebody. And I think it should be because it's not the same kind of mystical, like a cultish type of thing it used to be. I think there's a lot of people in it that are really trying to just tap into you and and see you from a different point of view and to help you to get to the next place because you can't do it and you're not willing to trust your own intuition. And so to me, if people were doing that more, everyone would be, would be practicing their intuition instead by yeah. themselves. Yeah. And they feel better about their decisions. Well, this is so beautiful for me because I feel like my intuition has been clouded lately mm. with all the doubt and the confusion and all the whatever and yeah. blah, blah, in my head, in my head. So, but I feel like, yeah, your intuition is so great. It all felt Thank you. really true. Thank and like you. Thank you. landed in me in that. a real way where I'm like, oh, I really accept this. This is right. You know? Thank you. Thank and, you. And people can book appointments by going to your website. They can go to my website and book there. My, you can also... Call my number. Oh, there's which a number. Uh, 310-770-9446. I love this. Okay. I love like, you know, Thank an you old so fashioned much. telephone number. I know. Can I, just, just that. It's just simple. I just like yeah. to keep it real. Okay? I'm serious. <laughs> but they can text you? They can text me. I, I can't I, believe I, I prefer it. the texting. I prefer you the text. do? Text me that way. I know what's going on and I can get back to you right away. Oh my God. And then couples can go to you too. Couples can come to me. Definitely. I love couples. That's my strength is, is relationships. How much is a couple counseling session? Um, you know what? It, it, it varies depending on the kind of reading you're getting and the length of time that it is. Okay. My rates start at 180. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, you've heard it here first, you guys. If you want to know what I found out, or if you want to go and delve and dive into your own life, uh, <laughs> you know the number, you know the website, you know the information. Anything else that I need to 
get out into the world about you that people should know? You know, um, I think that we, I think we covered everything. I think thank we covered you so much for having me on and for asking these questions. It's been <laughs> such a fun session with thank, you. Thank you so much for being here. And also, thank you're you, welcome. Holly. We love you. Thank you for connecting <laughs> thank us. Thank you, Holly. Bye, Holly. You're next. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>